Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gone Bridge Podcast, episode 14. My name is Andrew Gardner, here with Alex Clausen and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? Primed and ready to go. Yeah, I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready for this episode. We're ready to go. Steve, I want to know, are you feeling as good as JBJ is feeling? Because JBJ is feeling like a million bucks yeah, right now. I can't imagine I am, Gardner. I really can't, because he must be on top of the world right now this man if you guys haven't seen the news there are multiple rumors out there that jbj it's the first weekend in february he's still a free agent wants a four-year contract with the team now if that doesn't make you chuckle a little bit i don't know what will but listen he's got to be pretty confident right now I, i give it to him yeah i mean he must know i mean he's one of the best defensive center fielders in the league if not the best probably takes a little bit too much pride in that if he's asking for a four-year deal i don't know if he's gonna get a four-year deal he's more of a two-year type of player but hey more power to him if he gets a four-year deal shout out good for him i'd be happy for him yeah i mean go chase the bag jackie but four years is a long time he's 30 years old it's probably i mean i guess it's his last contract so if you're trying or one of his last contracts so if you're trying to cash in now's the time i just don't see though with the kind of player he is, he's not a cornerstone piece. He's a good piece, but I wouldn't go out and probably pay him for four years. If I'm like a team like the Astros, maybe I would give him a couple, like close out your world series window, a good piece in center field. But if I was some team like the Red Sox, I wouldn't give him four years. Well, I think with this rumor, it about seals the deal that he's not coming back to the Red Sox. In fact, I saw an interesting tweet the other day. I forget who it was from saying that they would rather have Bradley rather than Benatendi for like defensive stability, which is an interesting point. I don't know if I agree with that, especially with the fact that I'm of the opinion that Benny's going to probably bounce back and have a good year, but I agree. I mean, listen, I love Jackie. I think he's worth a good amount on the free agent market. I think that a change of scenery will, will really do him well. However, four years is a long time. And in the market that we have right now, you're not getting that. Uh, type of contract especially if you want a good amount of money with it so I could see definitely like two years to the Astros something like that but four years I was like whoa yeah like you just said uh, I think it really has a lot to do with what kind of average annual value he's looking for if he's just trying to secure more years with a smaller uh, AAV then I can see that being a more realistic possibility because he might think that he's like Clausen said, he's 30 years old, whatever he is. And those extra two years on the contract might be a little more important to him than a extra couple million dollars that he might make otherwise. So what about know, a, we'll see. What about a team like Seattle, like a young team who's trying to build up and they bring in Bradley for a couple extra years, a cheaper deal to be more of a veteran presence. I think a, a, fit like that would be really beneficial for Bradley, especially if, like you said, Steve, if the reason why he wants a longer length in contract is he's willing to take less money, I could see him trying to, you know, fit in that veteran role on another team, on a younger team, because uh, there aren't a lot of teams out there that want to be spending right now, but Bradley, I think would be a decent fit on a, on a good number of teams. 
Uh, I don't know about the the Mariners because I think they have they have a bunch of really good prospects. I think a couple of them are in the outfield, so I don't know where Bradley would go there. But just running through teams that I was thinking of, some somebody like the Angels, and I was like, oh, who do the Angels have in center field that Jackie Bradley could boot out? And you know that that went out the door pretty quick. But something you know something along that line. Um, I think uh, a team probably closer to the Angels would be my bet over somebody like the, the rebuilding Mariners just because the angels have a window that's a little closer. And I think that if they made a couple moves, they would be in serious contention where the Mariners aren't really close. Yeah. No, maybe the angels without Mike Trout, maybe the angels without Mike Trout. I feel like a lot of free agents these days, the angels are involved kind of like the Red Sox. you hear the angels name pop up a lot, but the only guy who's really signed there was Quintana and uh, they just traded for Alex Cobb too. Right. I think I saw that. They did. So that leaves the Orioles with about one legitimate pitcher now. Although they signed Felix Hernandez too. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously not what he used to be, but you know, he's He's not going to do much. He's exciting. He's a a name. If anything else, he's a name. Hey, we we played that. We can name another Orioles. Yeah, exactly. We played that game last week where we were like, let's name some Orioles. And we got through like barely five guys. So we can get a six now. Right times ahead in, in Baltimore. Yeah, maybe, probably yeah, not. But maybe in a couple of years. Anyways, um, so the Red Sox were also named with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Atlanta Braves as a finalist for one of the top free agents remaining besides Trevor Bauer. Marcel Ozuna, left fielder, played for the Braves last year. Uh, he played corner outfield, DH. It's an interesting, uh, interesting rumor because, listen, I would love to have him. I just didn't think that Heim was – going to be going out and trying to acquire guys like this but i'm all for it yeah i know i am too realistically i see him going back to atlanta and i don't know where these reports came from but a lot of times players will say that they've talked to other teams uh or other franchises whatever just so that it puts a little bit more pressure on the team that they want to resign with so if Ozuna makes it look like his market is a little bit bigger than it actually is, that would help him uh, push the Braves to sign him faster or to a deal that he is more comfortable with signing. But if that's not the case and the Red Sox legitimately do have a good amount of interest in him, uh, like you said, I'd be, I think he'd be a good piece. He's not great defensively. He, I think, more projects out as a, a DH but I would totally welcome in and have him be an everyday player in one of the corner outfield spots if we did get him. Um, I, I think he's going to have to – he won't sign a one-year deal. I don't think that's a likelihood. But I think probably if we were going to sign him, it would probably be four years. Seems like the magic number. And I think where Martinez is out next year, and I don't know that he's going to resign, I wouldn't be surprised if he went elsewhere. But – I also figure you you can kind of hide Ozuna away in right field. You don't really need to be great in the outfield and right field. It helps. But you don't really well, need to be great. Mm. Uh, the Red Sox or Fenway Park is probably the hardest right field in the league. It's pretty much an entire like another center field. Yeah, almost. I would almost. I think I would make the argument that left field is easier to play in Fenway than right field. No. no. Yes, a thousand percent. I think you have to deal with the wall. You don't know where dude, the wall's going. 
right field is not easy to play in in uh, Fenway Park. You need like two center fielders to be able to, uh, to like sufficiently defend those two positions. I guess I'm just thinking of right fielders in the past and JD Drew ran around right field for a while and he was not the best athlete in the world. Yeah, but who have we had after that? We've had Mookie Betts and Alex Verdugo and there was a time where Jackie Bradley Jr. was our right fielder. I mean, over the past decade, it's been a pretty consistent uh, group of guys out there who are very athletic. Yeah, I guess I think of what we have now because Brad was not coming back. I don't think he's coming back. And it's, either, so. it's either Marcelo Zuna or Hunter Renfro. And I don't know that Renfro is going to be a significant upgrade in the field from Ozuna. So well, I think are you projecting this out that Dougie's going to move to center and Benny's going to stay in left? Well, yeah, then I don't know. Who go. I mean, left field, I feel like in Fenway, at least, you just have to know the wall. Like, that's the biggest thing is you can't just stick anybody in left because they'll get eaten up by the wall. Personally, this if I was the manager and we signed Ozuna, I would put – um Benny and right actually I would move Verdugo to center and then I would put Ozuna and Renfro in left and I would basically um Renfro would just be for the fourth outfielder if we face left-handed guys so you know you give Benny and Verdugo a day off because they're both left-handed batters then you can reconfigure that somehow but on the normal day I would say from left to right Ozuna Verdugo Benny yeah, I would just switch Benny and Verdugo, honestly. Yeah. Because I, he uh, has this year in right field under his belt. I think he did a good job out there. Yeah. Brain broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. But, I mean, Ozuna would be a great piece in the, the middle of the lineup. And at this point, um, I would take a better pitcher over another batter because uh, Ozuna kind of reminds me of JD a little bit, just the way that he swings the bat a lot more power, uh, a little bit less contact. I think JD is still a little bit of a better player, but um, he would definitely fill that gap of, I feel like what Mitch Moreland kind of left. I think he's an upgrade over Moreland, but we're still missing that other big power bat in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. I mean, if we have Ozuna in this lineup, we weren't even bad offensively last year. We're going to be a pretty scary lineup for opposing pitchers to go against. Yeah, a thousand percent. However, I think the likelihood likelihood of Ozuna actually signing with the team is, I would say, under twenty percent. I, I think it's I think it's I'm pretty. Just, I've been hot. Don't count him out. I'm not counting him out. I just it was a little surprising when I even heard the rumor. And then, I mean, I, I feel like the whole offseason I've been hearing when is he going to resign with Atlanta? When's he going back to Atlanta? I think that's a good fit. And I was even surprised to hear that the Rays were a contender too especially with the fact that they just re-signed Chris Archer for a good amount of money uh, and raised standards. So I think it's he'll probably end up back in Atlanta, which is a good spot. He was awesome there last year. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Keep well, an eye out. Also, the uh, thing about if we got Ozuna, maybe it opens up a trade for JD, something like that. Maybe. True. Maybe, I didn't yeah. Think that. Yeah, because Ozuna – he could did he dh most of the year for the braves last year i believe so. he was like i think he did he was their dh yeah yeah so at that point that gives you a little flexibility because then you have what's ozuna's age you see like 30 31 i think he's 29 oh yeah okay. he's younger than you think he's younger than you think um that allows you a little bit of flexibility if jd is you know struggling again you can trade him move him you don't know i mean we can only predict so much but uh 
Yeah, I would just say keep an eye out for it. I wouldn't be uh, overly excited about this, but it's definitely an interesting rumor. Yeah, do you guys want to move into pretty much like the big thing that happened recently in baseball? Yeah, Dustin Pedroia. Oh, that's not what I was talking about. We can talk about Dustin Pedroia. (laughs) I mean, I was going to say last episode, we talked a lot about Pedroia retiring. I think we'll briefly just touch over this here. I mean, he made it official on, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? Thursday. I think it was Tuesday. Or maybe it was Monday. I can't remember. Sometime sometime this week. Sometime earlier this week, he made it official. Dustin Pedroia is retiring. Um, Obviously, it stinks. We have basically all given our opinions on this. We were under the impression that he was going to retire. So can't remember if it was episode 12 or 13 where we talked about it, but uh, you know, it's, it stinks. We're going to, we're going to miss him. And as I said, uh, we were, well, actually we'll get to that later, but as I was going to say, it it hit me a little bit harder than I thought it would when uh, he ended up retiring, but you know, he was a legend for a long time. Yeah. Um, Not to uh, keep repeating ourselves, but He's going to be missed. I hope that he is on Boston around the Red Sox still for a while, maybe uh, in a coaching position, something like that, anything. I just hope he uh, is still around and we don't have to say goodbye completely. Um, and our, our friends, emphasis on friends at Section 10, were fortunate enough to uh, do a little interview with Pedroia. So I listened to it today. Very, you know, very good. Pedroia is awesome. So. You know, if for whatever reason you haven't listened to the Section 10 podcast and you listen to us, I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, go over and, and give them a listen. Yeah, I feel like the majority of our listeners came from them anyway. So I'm sure many of you have already heard that. But uh, yeah, if you haven't, that was pretty awesome. And Pedroia, if you're listening to this, you know, we're always uh, open for a fourth. <laughs> yeah. uh, a fourth. I'm on the off chance that Dustin Pedroia is listening <laughs> to this podcast right now, please hit us up. I don't even I think, think he has any social media. Yeah, I was going to say, he'll he'll find us through the grapevine. Or, you know what, yeah. he knows somebody with social media. They can always yeah. slide in our DMs. Yeah, shoot us an email at Gombridge Podcast. We'll, uh, we'll get right on it. But, uh, yeah, I know we had already talked about the whole number retirement thing. I know a lot of people are pushing for that. Um, you know, we gave our opinions on that already. So, we'll see what happens. I am for it, but realistically, I don't know if it will happen. Uh, but Steve, yeah, you want to lead into the big, big MLB news this week that doesn't actually um, bring the Red Sox into it. But yeah, go for it. Yeah. So if you've been living under a rock or literally just don't care about anything other than the Red Sox. I was, I was pretty good living under a rock. Oh, uh, he's trying without even trying, folks. Yeah. All right. That was completely unintentional. That was but... like a Kevin Debt type joke. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, Nolan Arenado, uh, formerly of the Colorado Rockies, arguably the best third baseman in the entire MLB, has been traded to the St. Louis Cardinals for not a lot in return for the Rockies. People are not happy with the Rockies' uh, organization in terms of what they got back for him and just the fact that they are we're willing to trade away a superstar that is Nolan Arenado. I know that we know all too much about what it feels like to get rid of your star player. And I'm sorry that that happened to you Rockies fans, but now it looks like the St. Louis Cardinals have the best corner infielder combination in the entire league with Nolan and Paul Goldschmidt. And I'm pretty 
excited to see what that team can bring to the table next season. Steve, I think you were the top prospect traded in the deal, right? Uh, yeah, I think if not, uh, I'm ranked just as high as any of them. So, Steve, can you throw 90 yet? Uh, no, I haven't been trying. I thought you guys were. I'm working on it. Listen, I've seen both of you guys at the gym uh, this past week. We're all working hard. We're pushing. We're pushing to throw 90. Um, I mean, I was I was working hard on those hex squats. A couple of the, or one of those deadlifts. Hex. Yeah, squats. I saw Steve deadlifting the other day. I was like, all right, he's oh, all, yeah, all on the legs. Listen, I got my little, I got my little routine to, to get my Tommy John tendon all nice and strong. <laughs> I'm I'm pumped to get out in a field this spring and uh, film a little video of us. I we need to get a radar gun somehow, but I gotta test it out. Anyways, on the Arenado front, uh, yeah, Cardinals absolutely highway robbery them, and as I have uh, as I've always been under the assumption, you never want to trade with the Cardinals and the Rays because they always seem to come out ahead of you. Uh, example, Alan Craig, we did get Joe Kelly, but Alan Craig, uh, they just always seem to know what they, they're doing. And when they're trading away five of their prospects, that always kind of tells me like, hey, maybe these guys aren't going to pan out to be anything. But I do feel for Rockies fans, Aeronaut is a top flight talent. And uh, you know he's still in the prime of his career and the Cardinals have him locked up for a couple more years. So, uh, you know, there was, there's not a lot of, prime teams in the NL central right now. I feel like they're all kind of like a little bit above average to mediocre. I think this move really elevates the Cardinals to that next tier in the division. So I think it's honestly at this point, their division to lose. Yeah. I mean, the, the NL looks fantastic now, I guess with the Dodgers uh, on the repeat uh, trail, and then you got the Padres who made their series of moves and the Mets who made their series of moves. And now, and then you take the Braves who were going to be good anyways, and you take everybody else. And then you throw the Cardinals into the mix. You have this kind of foot race to the end zone for who's going to come out of the NL. And I honestly think, you know, the Dodgers, depending on how much you read into world series hangover, Dodgers may not make it which kind of leads into who makes it then the Cardinals make their case here. Yeah. The Cardinals have a solid team overall. Uh, the Rockies though, I wanted to bring this up real quick. What are they doing now? What's their plan? What do they want out of their franchise at this point? If you're doing a move like this, I don't know I don't, where I, they could possibly be going. I mean, honestly, they might honestly be looking at it um, with the opinion that they have no shot at even contending in the NL West at this point. I mean, look at the Padres, look at the Dodgers. You have to play 36 games against those two teams. That's probably at least 25 to 30 losses right there. I mean, the Diamondbacks have a solid team. The Giants are kind of in the same boat as the Rockies, a little bit weaker. But if they're under the assumption that, hey, the Padres are going to be really good for the next three to four years, the Dodgers are going to be really good for the next three to four years, Let's dump Arenado and get something that can give us a little more hope for the future, which sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow, but sometimes it's the right move to make. I'm not saying it was the right move to make because I think they could have gotten more value out of the trade, but that might be the way that they're looking at it. And yeah, Steve, I mean, kind of like the Red Sox were for a little bit last year, they're just like existing. Yeah, I also have a question. Do you guys think this opens up a potential Charlie Blackman trade? Because that's a guy that might be able to bring a little bit of value back to the Colorado's franchise. I'm thinking Trevor's story is probably the bigger 
piece to move. Well, I don't think they're going to move Trevor story because he's a little bit younger, even than Arenado is. And uh, they might try and lock him up now that they have some cap space. That's what I've been reading a little bit. The willingness of Trevor story to play in Colorado when they just traded away Nolan Arenado. Like, you know what I mean? If you were, if you were Trevor story right now, would you rather go sign with somebody else or would you rather resign in Colorado where you might get a little more money, but you're not like not going to make the playoffs. Steve, I think Blackman could be a, like one of the biggest um, trade deadline guys this year. I would uh, definitely write that down as probably like a top three option because his contract is up at the end of 2021. Uh, He's 34 years old. I would be very surprised if when he's if he makes it through this season still in the Rockies if they resign him and if the he's Rockies are extremely solid player too oh he's a great player I'm not denying that I'm just yeah. saying that if we're trade if they're trading away Arenado because he's you know not going to fit their window in a couple of years then Blackman is beyond you know that window as well um, so I could definitely see him getting traded to a team in need of another outfielder or leadoff hitter but uh, yeah stories the in Boston interesting- Red Sox. Hey, I would be okay I don't know with if that. He quite fits our timeline. Yeah, who cares? Uh, hey, if we're making a push for the playoffs this year, I mean, I would be fine with it. But I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, story is an interesting piece. I don't know the the Rockies. I I feel bad for their fans. I mean, I don't. I think they're the only team that hasn't won a division title. Am I right? Hard to in that division. Yeah, I know they've been to the playoffs from the wild card, but I don't think they've ever won I the the. There's this fact where the Marlins haven't won the division but they've won like two world series or something like that uh marlins haven't been around for that long though right yeah the marlins and the rockies are i think possibly the two newest teams besides maybe the rays they Um, were in like the 90s yeah but uh yeah we'll see there's there's a lot of question marks with that team and uh honestly they're pretty irrelevant also, though, uh, like Clausen was saying, the NL is looking really stacked right now with a lot of really good teams. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Bauer hasn't even signed anywhere yet. So wherever he goes might shift the balance of power a little bit even more in the league. I'd like to see him go maybe to the Cardinals or to the Mets, something like that, where they're really good teams so far. And that last little addition of an ace pitcher like Trevor Bauer might push them over the edge to be in that tier with the Dodgers and the Padres. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard nothing about Trevor Bauer lately. I was going to ask you guys what you thought of uh, his whole situation, where he might end up. I'm still riding with the Mets. I think he might go to the Mets. But, I mean, I've heard nothing. It's kind of his kind of his uh, personality, I feel like. He's not going to give you much until he no. does something. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um Hey, but Ken Griffey Jr., Theo Epstein's first move as uh, executive in the MLB, is to bring in Ken Griffey Jr. in a uh, – I don't – let's see. What, what was his exact role? I can't even remember. He is – let me see. He is the senior advisor to the commissioner. So uh, it sounds like he's Rob Manfred's right-hand man. I mean, I, I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, one of the first things he said within a couple hours of getting hired is that that he hates that they're trying to speed up baseball for the sake of gaining a few extra fans. And I was like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. If anybody knows how to make baseball exciting, it's going to be Ken Griffey. And I think yeah, that's anybody, exactly what I was going to say. And yeah. like, you know, Rob Manfred is trying to put in all these rule changes to appeal the, 
these fans that don't really care, like these fans that don't even exist yet. He's trying to appeal to fans that don't exist, where like Ken Griffey is going to appeal to the fans that exist now. And then, I mean, baseball is going to grow organically anyways. So if you just shift your, I feel like if you shift your attention away from the people who've been watching now to the people that don't care now, like, you know what I mean? That aren't fans now, then you're losing fans quicker than you're making them up. Yeah, like you were just saying, I think that there's no better person or personality in the entire world for this position than Ken Griffey Jr. is because he is he's the kid. If you don't know baseball, you still probably know who Ken Griffey Jr. is. And he had that whole campaign where it was the let the kids play campaign. He wants to make baseball exciting, but I think he also wants to stay true to the roots of baseball that are so very important to myself and a lot of other fans. So I'm hoping that he'll bring that kind of unique perspective to the table where he knows what's important to the game, what's already been established and what needs to stay around. And maybe he has some good new ideas that will appeal to a wider audience, make the game more exciting for existing fans and just make the league overall a little bit better of a place to play in and watch. Yeah, he's like he's like if Mike Trout was a cool guy. I mean, not that Mike Trout's not a cool guy, but like he's very reserved. Like he doesn't do much. Where Ken Griffey Jr.'s out there and he's you know making it fun for himself and everything like that. So again, I think he'll be great in the job. He's just a cool dude. Ken Griffey is cool. It's the best. Where's his hat backwards? Hey, yeah, it wasn't his hat's backwards on his Hall of Fame plaque, right? Right. I think so. It's the best. I mean, again, he's Joe Cool. Ken's he's, cool. He's iconic is the word I think yeah. uh, we were looking for. Is I don't think that you could put anybody else in that position, or I don't think I would rather have anybody else in that position rather than Ken Griffey Jr. I totally agree. I it's mean, like if you wear a Ken Griffey Jr. jersey, it's not like you're bandwagoning. It's just like you're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, shout you, out, you know what's up. Shout yeah. out Steve Peral. Huge, uh, huge Ken Griffey guy. He knows what he's doing. Uh, in fact, I saw on his Instagram that he got one of those sleeveless Ken Griffey Reds jerseys. I mean, oh, for, first of all, I love those sleeveless Reds jerseys. I've said that before, but uh, I mean, a Ken Griffey one, electric. Although I will say it's an interesting contrast between Manfred and Ken Griffey. And I'm interested to see, uh, you know, how the dynamic between the two of them works. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think that's a good point. I agree. I'm thinking that maybe... Ken will kind of steer Manfred in the right direction kind of relationship like that. Maybe Manfred will hear him out on certain subjects, but I think at the end of the day, Manfred's going to do what he wants to do either way. You know what I mean? No, I agree, but um, it's definitely worth, worth being happy about. It's something very positive. So yeah, I got, I got really nothing negative to say about it. Yeah. Um, but- the only other somewhat big news this week was that the MLB Players Association rejected the MLB's proposal for a shortened season and a delayed season, which I think is awesome because we want baseball to start now. I, Manfred, I think, wanted it. He's been wanting it to start later so it doesn't really interfere, interfere with like the ML, or geez, NBA and NHL playoffs, which I understand, but hey, it's your game if you're going to You've been starting it at the same time for however many years. Don't try and move it now. So I think it's great great that they stood up to him on that. I agree. If you're going to change it this year, then it's going to mess everything else up. 
for the future. Let's just, like you said, if this is the only thing the MLB should worry about is the MLB. Yep. A thousand percent, a thousand percent agree. So uh, April 1st should have some MLB games being played and the even the even bigger thing which is exciting is that uh for spring training the red Sox are going to be allowing i think i saw somewhere around 15 percent of fans at a jet blue park so that's pretty awesome and hopefully fenway park will be open to a select few fans on opening day i would i would love to get down there for a game the first couple of weeks oh yeah me too Nothing I want more than to be able to go to a Red Sox game again this season. Oh, it'd be awesome. And just, uh, yeah, just being there, I, I mean, I missed it. I think we all did. You you can't find someone that didn't miss Fenway this past year, except for the one guy that snuck in. Yeah. That guy. That you guy. ain't Jordan? <laughs> yeah, that was just the weirdest thing ever. You're not Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, obviously Chavis is not Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong sport. I can I can see how that would get a little little confusing. Yeah, twenty three. I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, look at Michael Chavis though. That guy can dunk a basketball. Oh yeah. I who see. do you think who do you think's got the best hops on the team? I think Chavis is definitely up there. Uh, I was gonna. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna JBJ too, but he's not on the team anymore. Not really on the team anymore. Yeah, it's uh, Verdugo probably has sneaky hops. I bet he oh, does. He, he definitely does. I mean, we saw it when he robbed that home run there at the end of the game. That was a heck of a catch. Yeah, the Red Sox have had some some really athletic uh, players last couple of years. Raffi, uh, he's got to nah. get, get he's got the cookie jar on the top top shelf. That's a good point. Yeah, that's why you go on your tiptoes. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's move into a little ask on bridge here. We got some questions sent in this week from you guys. Again, if you want to be featured on this segment, DMs are always open. We love talking with you guys. So the first question of the week comes in from Chris. He said, "Real what up, Chris?" <laughs> he said, "Realistic expectations for the Red Sox this season." Uh, wild card spot. Yeah, wild card or bust. Yeah, I think. yeah. Top, top, uh, top of the realistic expectation chart. I'd go second wild card. I would say realistically, we're looking maybe at like eighty-seven, eighty-eight wins at best. I would love 500. I agree. I think this team is a better than 500 team, or at least they can be. I mean, we said that I said that last year and they were complete garbage, but I think they can be a productive team. And um, I think that I'm going to say this now. I think that both wildcard spots are going to come out of the AL East. Um, So we will uh, see the Red Sox have just got to perform well in division games. That's going to be the key this year, but I think realistic expectations I would say wild card two. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, next question comes in from Sean. Sean. He says, re-sign Mitch Moreland and Brandon Workman. Uh, Mitch Moreland, I don't think fits anymore with just who's coming up. I, I love Mitch Moreland, don't get me wrong that home run that he hit was like 800 feet in the world series and might have Still hasn't come down. Yeah. I think it would have reached the red seat. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it would have like had to like turn off everyone's TVs. They were like, Nope, didn't see that. I <laughs> yeah, just cut it. It would have moved the red seat back a couple rows. <laughs> yeah. But Mitch, uh, unfortunately, I think his time in Boston has come to an end just because he doesn't fit our timeline anymore. We've got a couple potential first basemen already coming up on the roof 
on the roster from the minors. So don't know if he fits as far as Workman goes. Anything helps the bullpen. So do I think we're going to get him? No, I don't. Would I like to? Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if they don't sign Ozuna, then they got a little bit of extra money to spend. And, you know, if they sign both of those two for a one-year deal, that's fine with me. So I say, uh, yeah, if Ozuna falls through, then all in on those two. I'm totally fine with Moreland, honestly. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with both of them. Workman, I think, would be interesting because he'd be coming into a new role on this team. He wouldn't be the closer. I think that would probably be Ottavino. But uh, Mitch Moreland, I think, would be an awesome signing because um, we're lacking a good, besides Rafi, a good left-handed bat in the infield. And I think Moreland could fill that spot. Obviously, he wouldn't play against lefties because – uh, we would have Dahl back. I don't even know if Chavis would still be on the roster at that point, but um, I'd be fine with it for a one-year deal. I mean, if they're still out there in, in uh, the later weeks of February, i say, why not? Yeah, I agree. And let's see. The last question of the day for Ask on Bridge comes in from Riley. He said, what are your guys' f- favorite teams besides baseball mine are the capitals ravens and minnesota gophers keep up the good work minnesota gophers what is that <laughs> obviously he's got a little dc theme going on there so that's pretty cool that for minnesota Wait, actually what is what is that Inter- I, the minnesota gophers are a college oh they are yeah like the university of minnesota would you think they were hockey me, I don't know. I had no idea. Oh yeah, no, the University of Minnesota. I thought they were like a minor MLB expansion team. You didn't know that? <laughs> yeah, they were announced last week, and he's jumping ship on the Red Sox. Um, I think I might be the only one here who doesn't like the same four teams. Uh, I like the Red Sox. I like the Celtics. I like the Patriots. However, hockey wise, I'm not a Bruins fan. I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. You, you really woke up one day and just chose to suck, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's been brutal. Uh, the only reason for that is um, my dad grew up in Connecticut. He was a Whalers fan. And then when he left, he was like, I can't support another team. And then when I started playing hockey when I was younger, I just I really enjoyed watching Martin Brodeur. And then he was like, you know, what? I'm going to retire and the team's going to stink for the next decade. So I'm uh I'm committed to the team. However, it's been a painful journey. But other than that, I'm all Boston. Yeah, I think me and Klaus are on the same page here where we both grew up very close to the city of Boston. Gardner, obviously, in a different boat from Connecticut. Uh, I am a Red Sox fan, obviously, a Celtics fan, a Bruins fan, and a New England Patriots fan. I also will root for the Revs in the playoffs sometimes even though I am not a, by any means, a diehard revolution fan, have been to a couple games. If I had to order those teams in terms of how much I care about each of them, it would probably go uh, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, Revs, but nothing really can beat playoff hockey. That's probably the, the most. The Red Sox sport. fall underneath the Revs? <laughs> no, the Red Sox are number one. I left them off the list because yeah. they weren't there. I think the Red Sox are number one for all of us. Yeah. I would, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat, Steve. I'm, Boston sports guy, but for college football, uh, UNH doesn't give me too much to root for. So I'm a Penn State guy. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. If you don't like Tom Brady, just stop listening to the podcast. Sorry. We should get a, don't actually. Let's do a quick Super Bowl prediction. What uh, What are our predictions for the game on Sunday? 
Uh, give me a second. Let me think. I th- I th- do you need a score prediction? No, just like who do you think's winning? Like what's gonna? I think the Bucks are gonna win. I honestly just and Bucks are taking it. I just Chiefs, I'm waiting for the Chiefs to lose a game. They've been, you know, throughout the whole month of December, they weren't that great. Yeah, they almost lost to the Browns there. Yeah, they they lost. They won by like a one score. Yeah, great games or something. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go Bucks over Chiefs. 47 to 30, uh, 35. They're going to win by 12. Wow, of points. I'm going to go Bucks 34 to 31. I'm going to go Bucks 33 28. All right. Well, we're three. Emma Holmes throws three picks. No. Wow. In his strip sack once for a touchdown. Don't don't put money on that. No. no I just that's think happen. I guarantee it. I think Brady's just gotten too far to the point where uh I just I just can't see him losing. I mean it hurts to see him doing it not in a Patriots uniform, but you know, it's still still good old Tom. TV twelve, my dad, my uncle, whatever you want to call him. We're related somehow. <laughs> somehow. He kiss you like he kisses his son. I do it. I wish. I wish he would. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. Anyway, we have Clawson. You got some notes? Uh, I always got notes. Yeah. Tom Brady kissed his kid. Uh, <laughs> one of my uh, roommates, like, huh? no, one of my roommates, like, anytime Tom Brady's on the screen, like, we'll make it known that he kisses his kids. It's like, all right. It's, yeah. it's hard to get. It's hard to put it past for a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Um, the other one, you guys ever watch Sunday Night Baseball? On ESPN, of course. Yeah. You know they like jack up the mics on the bats. Yeah, like ninety percent of the reason I watch yeah uh, Sunday Night Baseball. So I think they just got to do it with everybody. It's a good. That's, that's a cool. good point. I've never really thought about that. I like. I like that. It like somebody hits like a somebody bunts and it sounds like somebody just hit a nuke. <laughs> yeah. Remember a couple of years ago when CC got pissed at Nunez for bunting? Yeah, because he's like he was like I'm old and. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Soft. Yeah, we we don't discriminate against old people. With CC Sabathia. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah we, no. we for the record do not. We do not against discriminate old against old people. You heard that right. Claus, you got anything else? I mean, I'm my creativity has hit a wall since I've gotten to school. I mean, I even I I got some in the bag, but I feel like if I burn through them now, I mean, I'm gonna burn through them, but. I I got a couple in the back pocket. All right. We'll hold on to those for next week. Um, Before we move into closing out the ninth here, I got two things to say. Number one, we got some shirts. We got some. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) We we haven't. um, We want to kind of test out the waters. We'd love to hear from you guys if you're actually interested in buying them. But uh, once uh, we got to get a good picture of the three of us wearing them together, Uh, they're pretty sweet. A little pot, like a salmon pocket tee with Gone Bridge cursive on the on the pocket and a little design on the back of the logo um so yeah we'll get some picks up before uh next week yeah we'll we'll uh try and get those out maybe before monday um they're pretty sweet uh and yeah let us know if you'd be interested in buying those because they're uh they're pretty awesome and then the other thing i wanted to say was um thank you to robert from the pesky poll podcast we did a guest appearance on his show it aired on Wednesday 
And we had a lot of fun with him. Um, I think we'll probably try and have him on here closer to opening day because, um, yeah, the news is pretty dry right now. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So go check out his show. Go check out us on there. And, yep, uh, that's yeah. the Pesky Pole Podcast. Pesky Pole Podcast. Good show. Recommend. Yeah, definitely. We were on uh, episode 50 there. So, anyway, I'm going to close out the ninth here. Um, Clawson, what do you got? I'll let Steve go first. I don't want to steal his – it's thunder. Okay. Um, I will close out the ninth by doing two things. First, I will give a shout out to Drew and his dog, Benny. Benny Stellar was name. possibly the cutest dog I've ever seen. Stellar name for a dog, Benny. I don't know if you're going with the Jet or Benny Tendy, but uh, good name. Either way. Uh, second, I hope that everybody has a good Super Bowl Sunday. Even though, yeah, you'll actually, this will be out by then. Hope everybody's a good Super Bowl Sunday and stay safe and doesn't have too many people over. Be smart. That's all I got. My closing at the ninth thought emphasis on be smart, be safe at Steve Brady. Thanks. Thank you. We, did, <laughs> we, we don't need more head injuries. Steve, I was, I was really hoping you weren't going to have a concussion. Happy you're doing okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I unfortunately was hit in the back of the head with a block of ice. Uh, nobody's fault. <laughs> really? We're going to have to work through it, though. We're on to Cincinnati, as Bill would say. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Clausen? Uh, yeah, that was it. Stay safe. On to Cincinnati. Yeah, I got uh, one thing to close out the ninth with. This is kind of random. I don't know what made me think of it, um, but can we – bring back the paper all-star voting ballots. Like I love those things. You'd go to like Fenway for a game and you'd pick one of those up and like you'd punch the little holes for each position. Like, I just, that I don't think I've ever used one of those. Really? Yeah. I love we, don't, it. we don't need any like hanging chads, like in the 2000 election here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fair enough. But I mean, it's so digital now. I don't know what made me think of that. Um, also not digital. Yeah, no, true. Uh, also, I was saying earlier, um, Steve, no, it was Clawson sent us a video, this 300-pound, um, what college was he at, Ole Miss? So he's, a, he's a high school recruit. He's four stars. He'm going to Ole Miss. He's 6'4", 300 pounds. He's a defensive tackle. He's going to play football and baseball. And I was scrolling through Twitter while I was in the lunch line today, and <laughs> I just threw like a fastball and he took him like 500 feet, like <laughs> totally bridge. Like that's awesome. God, the ball had no he chance of coming down. He went bridge. He went bridge. He went, he went over the bridge. He went over the bridge. But I was just saying how uh, I really do miss Prince Fielder a lot. He's one guy who I, uh, I still wish he was still around, but uh, possibly the saddest moment in MLB history is when he had his retirement press conference. Yeah, that was that was tough. I mean, that kind of came out of nowhere. It was his neck, right? He just couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't able to play more. So one more thing. I just found the video again. Ball had no chance, but the guy's name is sick. His name is Tywone Malone. Red Sox, please draft him. We need uh we need some more power bats in the lineup. It's awesome. Um anyway, yeah, that's gonna do it. A little uh yeah, I think we can all agree that we just we're ready for baseball to start. I mean, this is like the dog days of winter. Yes, but uh, I think truck day is around the corner, which I know a lot of people don't like, but 
Oh yeah, somebody tweeted at us about the uh, the truck day thing. I forget what they said, but shout yeah. out to you. Yeah, but I'm. What now? It... All right, here's the deal. They say, all right, they're like, oh yeah, the trucks are leaving. You expect like tomorrow spring training to start? The trucks take like a week to get down there. Such a tease. Yeah, but it's like Florida's far away from Mass. Like bro. it's like Groundhog Day. Like hey, that's like, what oh, I was gonna Groundhog say. Day. It's like um. Spring is coming. It's not. It's not for another two months. It gets you excited though. You're like, hey, we made it through January. Like spring's almost here. Like, I I think they make a little bit too big of a deal out of it. But when I see that the truck's leaving, I'm like, all right, baseball's around the corner. So I think so that celebrating your half birthday. I mean, I don't. I'm You're not. You're gonna be in a downer, right? Now. Yeah, geez. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lifetime optimist, but I'm just saying I don't like being teased on truck day. It's not teasing. It's just it like. Is. It's not really. I mean, it's not supposed to be like, it's a hey, stepping stone. It's like, exactly. No, it's like your mom telling you that your Christmas present came in a week before your birthday. You want to open it, but you have to wait another week. Your Christmas present a week before your birthday? <laughs> I, I need what? to get some sleep. You know what I mean? All right. Anyways, uh, if you enjoyed what you're listening to, uh, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We always appreciate nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, shoot us a follow on Twitter at GoneBridge and Instagram at the GoneBridge Podcast. And we'll be back next week with a fourth member of the team for episode 15. We will see you then. See ya. <laughs>